Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to the Runswell Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. Today's guest is record-breaking trail runner, Elsie Davis, who's just uh, got the winter Bob Graham round. So a good time to chat to her. Casual. Casual day out. Casual day out. <laughs> or was, it, was it actually, it's the midwinter Bob, isn't it? I didn't realise before chatting to her that there was a midwinter and a winter, in case the winter's a little bit too easy. Yeah, like if you went broad spectrum winter and everyone was just like, I've got the winter record. You can just like, side, she can just sidle in and just be like, I've actually got the midwinter. Yeah, yeah. It's the hardest one. <laughs> Yeah. You're welcome. Doing this stuff in November doesn't count. Yeah, right. God. I mean, it didn't, it didn't sound fun, did it? But we'll let, we'll let the listeners decide. Whether <laughs> you're, you're not convinced by you're the, the kind the, of trail stuff. I don't like. think no, you're the person the, to really the pass judgment. Won't, they, won't, they won't hear it, obviously, because we didn't record it. But afterwards, Rick went, wow, I'm so inspired. I want to go and run up mountains. I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so let us know. But yeah, I mean, we can get someone on. We can get someone on talking about twenty-four hour track race, and Rick will get all excited. So you know, it's yeah, different. That's that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's just true. quite exci- excitable character. It's just like a Labrador, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quick one! If you were a dog, what kind of dog would you be? Great question, oh, Ben. Absolutely great question. Where did you get that I was, one from? I was going to say a Labrador, and then I feel like I'm just sort of. Proving... I have a golden retriever, Rick. Oh, I did have a golden retriever growing up, actually. Brilliant dog. Yeah, I'll be that golden yeah. trooper. That's where you got that you? energy from. Cocker Spaniel. Just She's chaotic energy the whole, yeah. the whole time. Having li- li- well, living with one. Hmm. Chaos, pure and, chaos. And yourself, Ben? I don't know. Uh... A dachshund. No. <laughs> really well, a sausage small. dog. That Scar- I don't even know, I don't know yeah. what it is, actually. Struggles it's to get insane. on the sofa. I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> comparatively... It's, yeah, it's Bad short. back. Yeah, huge. I'm a big guy. I don't think sausage dog is particularly me. Um, sure, sausage dog, great. Okay, oh, that's cool. good. That's, that's good. good. Glad, yeah, we've that's good. That. Glad we've done that one. Um, yeah. That was great talking to Elsie. I just think it was. Uh, it's really interesting when you meet uh, when we talk to athletes who have, as she explains, taken on the training herself. She had a great mm-hmm. coach previously, but when she moved into trail, she explains that that you know that wasn't their area of expertise so the kind of self-taught self-coached element to it is always really interesting when you've got obviously great people out there who are, have got teams behind them and yes. and they lean on those heavily and they get great results and then you've got someone who's doing the same thing but on their own and are kind of always intrigued by the uh the training 50, that they do 50 miles a week as well not big mileage for elite level running yeah, yeah, exactly. To do twenty four, you know, a big a big round on fifty miles a week, it yeah. goes to show. So there's, there's there's capabilities there. Um, she does spend on how, two hours in the gym, though. So 
Yeah, each gym oh, session two hours. Two hours a session in, in the gym, so probably more so like... She, men- she mentioned a couple of times, didn't she, like this, uh, it's the Stairmaster, isn't it? Which I've heard from a few people is a little bit of this un- underrated bit of kit in the gym. Like most people probably go, Stairmaster, like... I mean, I'm not getting on that, but I think apparently for hills, it's the one. Yeah. Other, people than, on other TikTok, than a hill. <laughs> millennials, uh, people on TikTok love it, don't they? Oh, yeah, do they? You know, I mean, Jane, you've really asked the right people here. Yeah, you two just <laughs> looked at me like, what's TikTok? But apparently it's, um, apparently it's like a trend for 2023. Everyone's on the Stairmasters. Stairmasters wow. have always been great. They've always been the thing. Ellipticals as well. Cross-training. <laughs> just anyone who wants to get out there. They just, I think they're just sort of mildly sort of like, frowned upon because everyone wants to pretend that they're always just crushing the mileage out there and they want to don't want to lose face and be all like oh yeah i just you know i just run everything i'm just such a great runner whereas actually it's the most boring thing you could ever go on in the gym it's it's the stairmaster i feel like i feel no, like that's tip. not it, rick. No, it's no, it. He, he's just that's done not it, rick. Just, <laughs> rick you've just done the the hand gestures for a uh uh, that's a climber that's like one, a, is it? That's like Versa a climber. climber. Mm. You're, it's uh, like okay. a big. It's like the machine. Oh. Stairmaster is literally stairs. They're just, they're just the stairs. Oh, I know the one. Yeah, that's terrible. He does yeah, that. like an escalator <laughs> that just keeps going forever. That's what Stairmaster is. Elsie oh, Davis, oh, she, no. she does it. She does it. And she just did a but, midwinter know. Bob Graham round record for it. Fair play. Yeah. Listen, listen play. to her, not us, is the moral of this story. Um, other than Stairmasters, um, how is everyone's running going? Fine. Good. Good. Wrap wrap that one up really quickly. (laughs) Good. That was good. Good, 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 good. Um, Rick, you've been trying to organise a new adventure. Are we going to talk about that? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So trying to organise the Capital Ring adventure. So long distance relay. What Uh, is this Capital Ring you speak of? Oh, yeah, good question. It's um, it's a round in London, uh, round kind of uh, sort of zone three territory. So it's 72 miles, I think, or maybe slightly more in total. Yeah. Um, and the, the idea is to do it in 12 hours and there'll be various legs um, people can have a go at. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the hope. I'm not, we haven't got a date in the diary yet, but that's the... Um, what I like about this is that every single part of that is very well uh, already mapped, already has been existed yes. for a long, long time. So we don't have to do any extra work. Agreed. TFL have done the, have done the mapping, or I think the Ramblers maybe have done the mapping for us. So that's Great. a big, big tick. There you go. In the well, box. Yeah. See, so inspired by Elsie, we are taking on yeah, yeah. A, a very, very similar, not in the similar mid- length. It's a similar length. Similar length. We're definitely not <laughs> going to do it midwinter, and we'll do it as a relay because no one, none of us could do it all on our own at once. The ascent is roughly similar, I think, to the Bob Graham. I think it's about was it twenty six thousand feet or something. That's roughly the same as um, London Round. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's about two thousand probably. Probably not even that. Yeah, yeah it's probably. Right. Well, anyway, look, let's get our guest of the week on. Let's do it. Let's do it. Guest of the week. Here in the studio. Guest of the week. Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a physio or a complete Elsie Davis, welcome back to the Runners World podcast. Great to have you on, and thanks very much for making the time to speak with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> uh, you recently broke the female record for the Bob Graham Winter Round. Uh, for anyone who's sort of unaware of what that means, what exactly is a Bob Graham Winter Round? Um, so the Bob Graham is a 42-peak um, run around the Lake District. Um 
it's normally between 64 and 66 miles depending on the route you take um and yeah it's essentially running around or power hiking <laughs> sliding on your bum around yeah. that as quickly as possible and uh the winter round is um set between obviously winter dates and there's a there's a separate category for midwinter and winter um there's quite a short window window for midwinter so that's the one i went into to make it as hard as possible um amazing the midwinter it... amazing yeah <laughs> yeah uh and you're sometimes lucky with a good weather window um in that time but unfortunately yeah, you weren't single <laughs> good <laughs> window uh, so yeah i had to make best of a bad bad uh, week or a couple of weeks of weather and just choose the least worst day though we saw pictures of you like wearing ski goggles like it was that it was like that was the level that you were at <laughs> like that was that was the, to give you an idea yeah so that was a bit of a panic ride. <laughs> i didn't actually need those around but they did come all the way around with me um yeah so there was forecast for 50 to 60 mile per hour constant wind that wasn't gusts Eesh. that was just wind and um hailstorms <laughs> feel it like the temperature was okay but on top of it, it was like feels like minus eight or ten on the forecast so the reason for the goggles was in case of i guess with wind like that and hailstorm hailstorm it's like a bit like bb pellets so i wanted to protect my eyes um, and that was the best yeah. day the best weather day <laughs> yeah it really was what was the because, what was the worst uh, <laughs> yeah, it was so the next few days it was a lot of rain and, and i think essentially i thought it, as long as it was dry it would make it easier um and it didn't rain that much actually on my round it didn't like the next few days and days before there was like lots of heavy rain showers but i think a lot of the success came from the fact that i never got cold um because it's easy to stay warm when it's not raining and you know the temperature without rain. But once you get soaked to the skin, no matter what you're wearing, it's just, it's awful. So I think um, not having that rain, not, even if it's those strong winds, I think that made a difference on that day. So yeah, I was just obsessively checking the weather forecast like, to make sure it didn't change. Um, yeah, and I think I expected it to be tough because I knew what the weather was going to be like. So at no point did I go into it thinking it was going to be easy. So I think that helped psychologically just get on with things. Um, yeah. And I, growing up in Cornwall, I'm used to strong winds on the coast path. It's almost normal. <laughs> uh, so I think that that kind of helped. <laughs> but yeah, it was tough. <laughs> um, the last time we spoke to you was uh, around COVID times. Um, and... Uh, you were super fit just about to do London Marathon and then obviously lockdown rolled in and the race was cancelled and you were working on wards how just you know a brief summary of the last three years how have you gone from that sort of time through now to to run in big ultras <laughs> so this is my first ultra I'd never run more than half of that distance or elevation in one run before um so that was another anxiety going into it. <laughs> but I didn't really have time to think about that because I was worrying so much about the weather and other things. Um, so, yeah, when I was, when I spoke to you three years ago, I was mostly road running. But I guess in lockdown, I lived near the Peak District. So I did like a lot more running on trails. And because it was pointless chasing times and stuff, I got more enjoyment from doing that. And um, 
I think I naturally just fell into it a little bit and then did a few trail races and um, did one in Switzerland in particular and just fell in love with it and haven't looked back. <laughs> Don't miss road running too much. I still do. I still do it and I still am motivated to go and chase fast times and stuff. But I think just, yeah, the um, I've just fallen in love with the mountains and the places it takes me and uh, just I feel happier as an athlete. I just feel like it's more suited to me. Um, and then, yeah, so I've last year joined the North Face professional team. Um, so that's helped me towards building a career even in in running, which wasn't possible on roads. Um, so now I'm actually not working <laughs> as a doctor anymore. Um, temporarily, I'm taking a bit of a, just a break so I can focus on traveling to races and, and focus on training. I'll, I'll start up back again in August. Um, but yeah, having a professional contract has helped me be able to pursue that a bit more. Um, and yeah, and then the decision after a big season racing on the mountains was whether I try and get faster on the roads again or work on my weaknesses, which is steep hills and rocky terrain. Um, so that's where I was like, well, I'm either going to do a road marathon and try and get under 2.30, which is what I was hoping for three years ago, <laughs> or I just get stronger in the hills, which will help me next year maybe more than, than that. So, yeah, that's where the Bob Graham came in. <laughs> so I decided that that would be a good way to kind of encourage me to get strong on that um, and motivate me to get out in all the weathers and darkness to train for it. So, and I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's helped definitely. Yeah, um, it seems to. The Bob Graham is, so it's 28,000 <laughs> yeah, <all> right, <laughs> I don't say, it's 28,000 feet in total the whole round, um, which is the equivalent of going up and down Everest. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of practicing on steep ascents and uh, descents, getting your legs conditioned to that sort of battering. Um, and a lot of it is power hiking. Like you, you just cannot run up some of the the ascents that are there. They, they, it's quicker to hike. So a lot of it was on the stairmaster uh, just to get that continuous <laughs> uphill steps. Um, so yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> this is the Runners World podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Was that, was that the biggest adjustment, Elsie, then? Like, going from being a very, very good road runner to being an excellent trail runner was like getting good on the hills that was a bit that was missing um yeah I think yeah there's very steep stuff because it's so it's not like running as I know it um you're using completely different muscles and uh yeah it's almost a completely different sport from that perspective and it took me a long time to get used to running up stuff that's like 50 40 50 percent a gradient um and I was always trying to run up it and I was told in the training for the Bob Graham with a friend I went looking at the route on, he sort of told me, you can't try and run up these things, you'll just burn out of energy and it's really inefficient. Um, but yeah, I think that was, that's was that been the biggest thing that I've had to work on. Um, and I've had a lot of help from other trail runners and just learning as I go along and just throwing yourself into like races where you know that you're not going to be strong on, but you know that you'll learn a lot and get stronger from it. And I think as the mountain season went on last year, I just got stronger and stronger. Um, just through racing on it and and uh, getting the experience, um, and then my friend uh, John Alban, who's also a North Face athlete, he's given me a lot of good advice. He's got he's got um, an app actually that, that has loads of useful stuff, and I actually use that a lot um, to guide my training. So uh, that involves kind of like drills that you use to get up the steep stuff um, faster, and it's something that he I think's learned from Killian Journey. So it's it's like a technique where you do something called fast feet and then bounding. So you do like a minute of running up a really steep gradient, um, like a minute of like uh, just moving your feet as fast as possible, not trying to get far up the hill, but just sort of treating the ground as lava. And then switching from that to bounding. So kind of, it doesn't have to be fast bounding, kind of slow bounding up the hill. Um, and... So that helps increase your cadence going uphill and then also gets you good at um, changing kind of your stride when you come to like rockier sections or the change in terrain. Um, and yeah, I've kind of, in, that's probably the newest thing I incorporated into my training. And I do think wow. it has helped. Yeah. Um, need, I think quite a few people have started using it. So it's, it's, it's not a secret, it's on his app. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it like a, is it a publicly I, available app then this it is yeah i think he's just um i'm not endorsed by it or anything I, it's just i actually like pay for it yeah. and things uh it's like 20 pounds a month um and i think there's a free version he just bought out now and you can chat try it for free for a week um and that's what i did and then after trying it i, I liked it it's it's really flexible as well so it incorporates a lot of cross training it's because i do i do quite a lot of that um and yeah so yeah, I think anyone looking to get into mountain running, it's, it's and not and feeling a bit lost of where you start to change any of your training if, from kind of a, a road background. It's it's got loads of useful information and videos. So oh, that's very good. Cool. I didn't know cool. anything about it. We'll have to get John on, have a chat about that. Me neither. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, he's full of, he's uh, full of information. So. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not he's not he's not afraid to share it. So definitely. that's good. Um, so at what point, because we sort of, we always see the end result. We always see that final sort of like the runner succeeding whenever these rounds take place. But 
like at what point did you start planning it how much work goes into sort of a, these huge undertakings because it you know you finish the mountain season but you've got a you know you're committing to a large amount of time and effort to get these things right yeah um i've wanted to do the round for a while um since i started trail running in fact i've always loved going to the lake district and training there um and did my f- did uh one leg probably around three years ago as well um and i was just like intrigued by it and i did leg one um without having much practice on trails at all and i went up skidor like way faster than you should have done and then the rest of the round i was in like such a bad way it was like <laughs> didn't take any gels with me or anything. <laughs> which you know then burns me so much energy on the mountains and you need to take energy on whereas in the on the road i wouldn't i'd be more efficient so i wouldn't need that kind of thing but yeah i had like a hyperglycemic attack going up Lancaster. Yeah. i had to lie down on the wow. side, yeah. side of the mountain oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. it's quite funny with that skidor thing because it's um you know that you know that frog graham round thing i had to go at last september because it starts skidor's the first the first one up there and I, I i had no idea how high it is it's like a, it's like it's a mountain i thought it was gonna take about half an hour to get up to, it took us about two, yeah. it was about two and a half hours it was like all oh, right it's like yeah. it's going up snowden you know pretty much like it's snowden. uh <laughs> it's a fi- it's like a five mile it's five miles isn't it just up or pure up yeah yeah and it's like well by southeast standards it's extremely steep the whole way i was like this is like a, this is a day out in itself this can't be the first thing this is like Going up and down the doors like a that's like a quite a active day out I think but um yeah it you is. were tra- you were training on it right I heard, I heard that you you were going up and down it like you know mul- obviously multiple times as a part of like that was like a training run for you yeah I used to skid was my favorite um hill to race up uh, not race up to train up because it's it's fairly straightforward it's quite runnable um can't get lost and <laughs> right. yeah the, the descent is not too technical so there's not too much chance of like getting injured um but yeah i used to i so it's 20 miles if you go up twice so i use it as like a key session before before a race um to see where i'm at because i know because i know kind of where i should be on that hill because i've used it so much um but yeah you get walkers <laughs> it like blows their mind the first time you go past it you're running up it and then when you go past them yeah, again, the, going but, up it, yeah. <laughs> at that point you're just taking the piss aren't you? i mean really <laughs> um yeah so yeah I did that I did so when I did leg one and then coming off Hallsfell Ridge with a like low glucose it was like it's really quite sheer in places and I had no idea and I'm scared of heights as well so I was kind of going down it on my bum and then I was so tired by the end of that that I had to get the bus back from there to Keswick because I was like there was like a two, two mile run on the road back but I physically didn't feel able um so it was a bit of an eye-opener to see that yeah, it's like just one leg of the Bob Graham is enough to put, you know. And at that point, I was in really good shape. I was in like 33 minute 10K shape. So I think I'd done a 10K like the week before. Um, but it, it's enough to bring you to your knees if you're not used to that terrain and that elevation. Um, so, yeah, it intrigued me to see if it was possible to get for sure. That. <laughs> um, so, did you, would you from, from doing that first sort of effort? Was it then three years really in the making to sort of leading up to the challenge? Sporadically sort of dipping back into it? Um, I thought it probably just, I'd probably do it as a retirement thing. I, I didn't think it would be something I could realistically do. Um, 
I, I it wasn't something I thought I'd do as a record. It was only in the middle of my season when I was thinking what I could do in the winter uh, last year that I decided to actually go for it. And I think, um, yeah, it was probably later in the summer that, that I decided. And then I started, once I did the World Championships in Thailand, I then put everything into it um, for a few months. So I spent a, quite a lot of time in the lakes in my in my camper van in the winter, <laughs> um, A, getting used to the winter conditions and... Um, yeah just do I did the whole route over five days um and uh yeah I think that really helped because it I, it was all on tired legs and it was again the most elevation I'd done in a week um just got got to know the route I probably I probably did each leg about two or three times individually before the round um even though we have kind of paces who show you the way I think it's nice to get to grips with it on your own and have confidence that you can navigate it on your own if if you need to. Um, so yeah, it was it was after the world champs. It was very much going out to the Lake District, and then yeah, a lot of stairmaster, a lot of leg strengthening and conditioning on descents. Um, so, so I'm a runner who actively avoids hills in my life, and from everything you've said this does not sound fun I mean you had you're scared of heights you're you had to get a bus down you've like this all just sounds so traumatic to me but you have really found joy it sounds like in this kind of running do you think you'll go back to roads or is this is this it now is this what you love um I don't think I'll ever go back to roads purely I'll I'll probably run on road to because it because some of the best mountain runners in the world are incredibly fast runners as well um so you need to have road speed so like there's Nienke Brinkman who's um one of the best mountain runners and she she's got like a 226 marathon or something so <laughs> you have to it's like you have to be fast and strong um so I think I would and I still I still do enjoy running on the roads and I do like one road session every few weeks still um but yeah there's there's uh I've definitely fallen in love with with the mountain running scene and just the people and the places. Um, and do you think it is removing yeah. that like time? Like everyone knows what a good marathon time is, but I couldn't tell you what a good time is to climb this mountain. Do you know what I mean, is it removing that pressure and that time element that's helped you love it more? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I think I'd been running on roads quite a while and mm. um, chasing times, it started, yeah, you started to feel the pressure even in training. Yeah. You like you have a bad session and you don't hit the times you're meant to. You go away feeling a bit down. Whereas mm. you don't really notice that in in the mountains. You feel if you feel a bit off, but you don't like put pressure on yourself to do it in X amount of time. Um, so yeah, I, I like the break from from that pressure, definitely. But on the flip sure. of that, does two thirty still sit there as a as a sort of something that you would want to chase? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think I'll be going for a Ramsey round or anything next winter. So we'll <laughs> just face because I think uh, not Valencia. Uh, Seville's a good winter marathon to to try and go for that. So that that was my B plan. Uh, so maybe that'll be next next winter's goal. I'm, I'm interested, Elsie, what your running week now looks like because you say you throw in a, a road based session maybe once a fortnight so what does you have to go into in exact detail but what does a, a rough week look like for you when you're training in uh for, for a trail race yeah so um 
it varies and I'm now self-coached since running on trails so um, I can be flexible with it and I like I said I use the Alban app to give me some guidance but again that's a very flexible thing and you can add your own stuff in so um, a lot of it is kind of so I have it depends what kind of um, phase I am in in the build-up so now in coming off the back of Bob Graham and early in the season I'll be like on a base building phase so it'll be lots of kind of steady running lots of tempo running um and that'll be flat and hilly um and uh lots of strengthening so I go I use um the gym twice a week uh for like leg strengthening and things like that and then uh a one core session a week um and I won't do anything too hectic in 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 the base building phase because I don't need to be sharp for races and it has a higher kind of injury risk so it's just building that endurance engine um and there'll be like two endurance runs a week or sessions because one one day a week I don't run at all I use my bike instead just because of my history with injuries um and I never run double days anymore because again my my injury history so I like the second I, I do train twice a day most days but the second one will be on like the bike or the walk bike depending on what the weather's like um and so yeah so now that would be kind of six to eight weeks of of just building that that big kind of endurance um base and then as I start getting closer to races um I'll start doing shorter sharper stuff um so like an uphill fartlek type thing where I try and find a continuous uphill like skiddle is perfect for that because it's just up 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 um getting your legs used to just because it was my calves that used to just feel like they're going to explode to begin with so you're just getting used to going up continuously and building different speeds into that um and then every two weeks I'll in that phase I'll, I'll still do kind of some flat reps on the road or um so like 20 times 400 with a short recovery in between that sort of thing um and then yeah that's where the leg conditioning stuff comes in um the closer I get to races so that's the the fast feet and bounding type sessions um and then start to build in kind of race specific uh sessions so that would be that that would be within my long run um where I'll do perhaps uh 90 minutes at race pace on similar terrain so I'll do like 90 minutes easy or steady and then I'll do 90 minutes at race pace um practicing nutrition things like that um which I call more of like a race specific session. Um, and I say I run, I run, I only run about 50 miles a week. Oh. I say only because I used to run a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. And I, I, a lot of it is supplemented with cross training. And I think that's been a key for me the last few years of not getting injured, but barely at all is just, and just reacting to how your body feels. I'm because I'm now coach coaching myself. I'm able to just realize when I'm not feeling good, and I like back off the next day and I readjust my plan because I set it so it, it makes it easier whereas if, if previously when someone else set my plan I was kind of felt I had to stick to it and even if I didn't feel good I was quite bad at, at backing off when when I should have done yeah um, that's kind of I think there's a fast that's a fascinating side of the sort of trends within running on a training perspective and how the sort of the educated athlete feels actually more you know empowered to take it upon themselves to 
manage their own training and their bodies because they realize what's what they're capable of rather than the sort of solely having a coach who's just prescribing things for you to do and you're obviously a prime example of how that's paid dividends because you you know you you know exactly how your body best responds to load and you've worked out the best way to to do it um was that quite a liberating thing just suddenly going do you know what i can do this on my own yeah and i think it gives it's the the it's kind of gives me the responsibility as well it's like it's my fault if things go wrong and um it's entirely my responsibility so um yeah i think that has helped me take take notice of what what the benefit of each session is and why i'm doing it like thinking about the why um rather than just blindly going along with, with something but having said that i can only do that because of the tools that my old coaches um particularly my last coach helen clitheroe gave me um and obviously as soon as i went to mountain running it was completely out of her area of expertise she's a steeplechase uh, she used to be steeplechase and road and track so um she you know we kind of we agreed it was best that i kind of went my own way um and but yeah she, i've I've not but she said she was the she was the education she gave you that sort of knowledge and then you were able to just plow on yeah build on it yeah yeah so it would be hard to do that without having previously been coached or or, or given the tools to so um yeah i'm not so to any new runners i'm not saying that's great crack on guys yeah. just get down with coaches yeah, yeah, yeah. now get on with it <laughs> yeah. what what are your plans um else for the rest of 2023 then what's what's it what's it look like for you um yeah i'm just planning at the minute so i've just had a few well, i've had a, a week off so far and probably another week um just cycling this week um and then i'm going to go back to doing shorter uh mountain races i think um well i know i'm not going to do any more afterwards this year uh so um i'm quite keen to do some of the golden trail series races again um they're pretty cool and they do some iconic races like Ciazanal and Mont Blanc Marathon, um, Zagama, uh, like all the, the, the kind of big races on the scene that, that you always sort of dream of doing. Um, and there's some that I missed last year that I want to do. Um, and then I think I'm going to do, well, I've got the world championships in June, which is in Innsbruck, um, in Austria. Uh, so that would be the next big target, I think. Um, and then after that is UTMB week. So I'll probably do OCC again, which is the, the shortest one, which is, well, yeah, yes, like 55K. But um, I'll go back to that because I did that last year, but um, struggled a lot with the heat at the end. Where's the Southwest Coast Path FKT fitting into things? Just trying to work it out. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's 2024, That's 2024, isn't it? TBC, I think, on that one. Yeah. <laughs> TV, no, TBC, yeah. TV. Um, doesn't yeah. it take, like, five or six <laughs> days? I think yeah. it's record six days after, yeah. 20 well, I was going to ask, because, you know, you did the Winter Bob Graham. We've got the Winter Spine Races currently yeah, you know, you've obviously don't mind being that cold. So have you got any sort of like, is there a grand ambition there to sort of these sort of, you know, stretch it longer than a, a day, make it, you know, these multi-day things? Um, Not especially at the minute. I no. can see the draw and I can see how you can get addicted to, to it. But um, yeah, I just feel 
Like, <laughs> oh, it looks yeah, horrible. I didn't, I didn't feel too healthy at the end of that Bob Graham. I, no. Um, I think for now, it's a no. Yeah. But <laughs> never say the never. Correct answer, I would say. <laughs> correct answer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, f- thanks so much for making the time to come on the one of our podcast talking about the Bob Graham winter round, but also just a sort of transition from road to trail. Um, we hope it continues to be such a, a massive success. And I'm sure it will be. So thanks very much for uh, for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Elsie Davis, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runners World Podcast to get this exclusiveness offer. And if three issues isn't enough, just subscribe for a year, guys. It's just the best thing you can possibly do. And you can continue listening to the Runners World UK podcast on Acast, iTunes, all your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK and please do subscribe. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. 